0: It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show, being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode.
1: All right, Uh, co-hosting today, Michael Moore and Rich Casanova. Uh, Michael, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, man, it is a Chamber of Commerce day here right? in Buckhead. Man, this weather, if it, the only thing we could be doing better than to be on this radio show would be out on the golf course, amen?
1: Yeah. Amen, or open up a window, or uh, I don't know, we need to get a balcony out here, yeah. Could, this could is... we do
2: a roof deck? Can we start doing yeah. the show from the roof
1: deck? That sounds good until about, like, uh, the winter months, yeah, when it kicks well, in, yeah. You know,
2: hey, we'll take it for 30 days, <laughs> and then we'll just do it on a month-to-month basis. How about that? <laughs>
1: that sounds good. Rent's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um <laughs> Uh, once again, you're listening to the Buckhead Business Show, being brought to you in part by the Buckhead Business Association. Just go to BuckheadBusiness.org. And before I introduce our guest here for this episode, uh, Michael, as a past president, would you give a little teaser and a call to action for those folks in the uh, business community getting involved in, uh, what, 65-year history now of the BBA?
2: Well, Rich, you're doing your math today. Yes, this is our <laughs> 65th year of operation. We were founded in 1951, and the rumor has we were trying to figure out who was tipping over the garbage cans out back at <laughs> Buckhead. So. Things haven't changed very much, but a lot of business owners got together and did some real neat things and realized that uh, back in those days it was important to have a community, and we had that in both East, East, East Village and West Village as well as the country, which was then called Lenox Mall. It was still a cow pasture.
1: So the uh, area was called was just known as Lenox? Nah, it was, was known as to...
2: Buckhead. You know that story. We're not going to start back in 1832. For yeah, you, yeah, but, but it, then
1: it was... what, speaking of Lenox, that's our window view from here in the uh, Atlanta Pro Business Channel uh, Buckhead Studios. Um, and that was used to be an open-air mall at one point, right? Oh, yes, it was an open-air <laughs> mall. But before
2: that, it was really an open-air mall. It was a cow pasture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. It was a flea market. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: somebody back in the 1950s uh, realized that this was the center of the world here and went ahead and started the first real mall. It was a great mall. But the Buckhead Business Association meets yeah. uh, every month, uh, every week, really. We meet three, three weeks in a month. We have a morning meeting at, uh, at the City Club of Buckhead with great speakers and fabulous fellowship and not to mention some good food. But then once a month, we we journey out to another venue, and it's typically a restaurant or a, a bar or a hotel lobby where we can actually spend some time and meet after hours, and that's typically the third uh, Thursday night of each month. So just go to BuckheadBusiness.org, make some friendships, make some relationships, and do some business, which will be important to the community. As Sam Bissell would say, if you buy a little bit of Buckhead, take real good care of it for a while, eventually it'll take very, very good care of you.
1: Well said, and um so the so for folks listening to join, um, they can just go to BuckheadBusiness.org. dot org, and we won't give it any prices because it could be subject to change, or whatever. Right? No, no, but but, it's but, it's, but they're it, very affordable because you can just get a, an individual right. membership, right, as well as company.
2: You can do a company membership. We even have nonprofit memberships, okay. individuals, three person companies, or we can bring you in as a multiple thousand dollar sponsor. Should nice. your pocketbook dictate.
1: All right. Well, let's speaking of uh, pocketbooks and money, uh, Michael, if you to introduce our first guest, which is kind of a money or financial uh, theme, we're gonna be talking. Uh, cash and other uh, topics this morning. So if you want to introduce sure. our first guest.
2: Well, we've got Eric Nyquist with us, and I tell you, this, this is a 24-year-old guy who you're going to wonder why you don't have a friend like this in a financial services business because time Eric tells you about what he's working on, tells you a little bit about his, hor- his story and his backstory of how he got to where he is today. You're going to be excited to be uh, maybe a client of his, at least uh, Radley's brain a little bit and try to get some good information so that you can retire on time with plenty of money. So Eric, tell us a little bit about your story first, and then we'll go into your services and how you're a little bit different and all those things. We've got a good good amount of time this morning, so I'm going to turn it over to you with a with a cheat sheet for your on your life.
0: <laughs> right. yeah, I really appreciate it, Michael. Um, very uh, thanks for the introduction. So you have to take a deep breath. <laughs> there deep we breath. go. It's been Crazy. it's been a little bit, it's been a little minute
2: since I've and been. Do not talk uh, as fast as I do. It's not good for your health.
0: Okay. Would you all let right. the dude talk? Yeah. that in mind. <laughs> deep breaths. So. Uh, thanks for listening guys. Um, tell you a little bit about me. i um, 24 years old, um, born and raised in Alpharetta, Georgia. Um, went to high school in Alpharetta at Alpharetta high school. And then I got a baseball and ath- an athletic and academic scholarship to Mercer University, where I played for the bears down in Macon for four years as a right-handed pitcher, found a lot of success down there. I was also a business marketing and management major. Um, Backing up, I, uh, you know, I found some success uh, in, in baseball in college. It, it was my life. Baseball was my life. I, um, I was all-conference my junior year and senior year and won tournament MVP my senior year. Um, about halfway through the season uh, my senior year, I was running sprints after a start and tore my meniscus in my left knee. So I um, thought my career might have been over then, but the uh, doctor said it wasn't a bad tear, so I toughed it out and, um, and was able to finish out the season strong um one tournament MVP uh through a complete game shutout in uh in the championship game and we went on to the regional so you know that's a memory I'll always cherish forever and to be honest I still don't know how I did it but um (laughs) but yeah so um uh and then you were recruited at one point right I was I was I was getting talked to by a couple of professional teams um you know all throughout the season they were saying you know uh obviously coming from you know a uh A mid-major college you know not a big school like Vanderbilt or something you know they're they're telling me I'm about a 10 to 20 round guy not going to make a lot of money but that wasn't really my concern I just really um I really like to do what I love to do so money wasn't a concern and I just wanted a opportunity so get to the draft and um did not get picked up um the scouts had found out about my knee but luckily the Blue Jays uh, gave me an opportunity as a free agent to come down and uh and uh and see see if i can uh be a part of their organization but i had to pass a physical first to make sure i was healthy and I, um i guess i had to a little bit you know too uh, optimistic of a mind saying <laughs> that, that uh Thinking that their uh, physical, you know, their trainer will would not see my my knee, but you know, they they check you front, back, and sideways over there to make sure you're healthy because we out wear of some the, really long shorts. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. They, they saw the some of those, Yeah, some of those guys they're they're paying big money, so yeah. they want to make sure that they're they're completely healthy. Checking the heart, checking everything. Wow. So they saw my knee was inflamed, and they had me go get an MRI. I knew what they would find. So I get called into the GM's office and they said, unfortunately, you know, you're, you're unhealthy. We don't want to risk you getting more injured throughout the season. Wow. So, you know, rehab it, you know, get surgery on it, rehab it and, you know, stay strong, keep, keep working and, uh, and we'll give you a shot next year. So that begins my story. You know, I, um, I picked up a job at McKesson in the marketing and sales department a couple weeks after surgery. Wow. And, um. Yeah, it was a great learning experience, you know, being with a, they were Fortune 11 at the time, now they're for, Fortune 4, so it was wow. it was a good act, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's the biggest company you've oh, never heard of, that's right, what I like exactly, to say, yeah, yeah. but, um, I but, mean, their global f- footprint is just like yeah, enormous, unbelievable. Yeah, 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 unbelievable, but, um, it was it was great experience being in that environment and being around you know such a professional environment and, and learning that way. That was my first real job. To be honest, I, I would. Uh, <laughs> really? all yeah, I baseball did, yeah. was a real yeah. job. Not, Seven by baseball, twenty-four. Baseball was my job. I Not would a play Taco it. Bell or whatever. Yeah, that was oh, my man. first gig. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah, it was spring, summer, and fall with baseball. That was that was my focus. So that was my first real job. Uh, it took me a week or two to get in the swing of things, but after that time, you know, I was. <clears throat> I got used to things, but I felt like I wasn't being challenged enough in some ways. I was mostly assistant for the other, you know, marketing and salespeople. And I kept asking for responsibilities and I got a couple. I managed their internal newsletter, uh, being a millennial, they thought I'd be good at managing their Twitter. Not a big Twitter guy, though. So, uh, so, but uh, I had. But they some, didn't know that. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, a creative exactly. ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh man, about healthcare, it's tough to come up with uh, a yeah. <laughs> creative tweet. <laughs> Exciting, uh, yeah. That's as, gonna go viral, yeah. Yeah, tough, tough one. Tough to get a lot of retweets, but um you know, I had a great experience there. But again, I felt like I wasn't being challenged enough still. So I just started to do um, I'm always looking for personal betterment. So I started finding myself googling different things and ran across a Motley Fool um, article, if anyone's familiar with that, Uh, you know, investment advisors, that's really the first time I got familiar, more familiar with compounding interest. And I thought it was you know, being, I was 22, 23 at the time, and, you know, it, that might sound weird that that a kid that age would be so interested in in investing and saving your money for the long term, but, but I found it so interesting that you could put money away, and it has, you know, it could grow two, three, four times the amount that you even make, you know, in your working lifetime, so... Right then and there, you know, I, I was I I really hit the books, and uh, you know, I subscribed to the Motley Fool. I was constantly reading articles, taking notes. I read a book called The Intelligent Investor by Ben Graham. If anyone's interested in investing, I highly recommend that book. He was Warren Buffett's mentor. Wow. Um. So yeah, it it was a great. book. Warren Buffett had a mentor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, he's
1: kind of like the Alex Alex P. Keaton of uh, his generation, which he has no idea who that is. (laughs) But yeah, it's Michael J. Fox. What was that? Uh, It was a show uh, that he was like the whiz kid uh, uh, of the era. Yeah. Um. So so you were there for a while, and then you uh, started dabbling in money and finance, um. And then how did you find the the Piedmont group yeah. right yeah
0: so yeah i was taking notes i thought i knew a lot but yeah um fast forwarding a little bit a few months ahead of time um i get a i get a request on linkedin from this guy that i could have sworn i met somewhere and it turns out i had so my senior year in in college, you know, we'd get stuff like Chick-fil-A or Little Caesars after games. Real good (laughs) stuff, right? Yeah, uh, Yeah, highly healthy, highly healthy. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So I found myself, I I went to Chipotle. I decided to, you know.
2: Stretch out. Great.
0: (laughs) I love that restaurant. So I I went there to get some food, and I ran into this guy uh, just in line and struck up a conversation with him. And uh, a week later, I saw him at the gas station down in Macon. He had he was two years out of college, but he had gone to school in Macon was probably down there for a football game. Didn't talk to him for a full year. He messaged me on LinkedIn, and then, you know, we got connected that way. I thought, he, you know, he was with the Piedmont Group. It's financial services. I thought, hey, this seems like, you know, a calling for me. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a shot. So I actually, speaking of which, going back to the baseball thing really quick, you know, at all that time I was working out, rehabbing, and I had all the intentions of playing baseball that summer. And this kid, um, he contacted me about two weeks after I got labrum surgery. So I rehabbed my knee and then, you know, as I was you know starting to get looked at again by scouts, uh, my shoulder started bothering me and I got an MRI. Turns out I had a torn labrum, which Dang. for a, for a pitcher, yeah, that's right. like the game worst game over. That's like, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> probably as bad, if not worse, than Tommy John surgery on your elbow. So I knew right then and there; those were the only two surgeries ever I've ever had in my life, and they were in, within the same year. So I was like, I mean, my body's breaking down a little bit. And you anticipated it probably else.
1: with financial planning, you wouldn't require any surgery, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: His, his age is doubling while he's
2: sti- while he's thinking about being up. a financial planner. So you've got your you've got your license. You came to the Piedmont Group. Uh, You know, obviously it's been a one year or so task as you've moved in because you're 24 now. So take us down that trail for the last uh, 12 months.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I mean... I uh, I ended up going to there were three interviews with the Piedmont Group. I ended up going to all three in a sling. They they make jokes still <laughs> that nice. I, I use the sling as a, exactly. as a way yeah. in we're, for the, we're Harry Cripple <laughs>
1: the other the other guys are like, dang it, I'm out of here. Yeah, we can't we're, compete we're,
2: with we're that. We're, that yeah. we're equal opportunity employer. We'll yeah. will interview you. Yeah. Right,
0: right. So so I, I go there and then in the second interview they they want you to do this thing called a market opinion survey where you go to a couple people that you know and get some questions, get some feedback about the industry just to get a general sense before you get started in it. And um, they wanted me to do five, and I, I really wanted the job. So I ended up doing 34. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, they, they've, they've that's, like st- that's
2: like a no-hitter in a championship game. I got that. <laughs> they've,
0: they've never seen that before, and I, I wanted to make it that way because I wanted to prove a point that I, I really wanted to give this a shot and that I was willing to work hard. I know this business is very tough, but, you know, you put the work in, you st- stay gritty, stay after it, you know. Well, I
1: imagine as a candidate, pretty appealing just the, um, the years that you spent um, on, on the field and in sports, a lot of discipline and a lot of um, comparatives with business. Sure. Right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you can apply you know.
1: yourself there because you, you spent how many hours are you practicing before you even get up? And in the game, yeah. right? So that that's research in essence, right? And in terms of uh, the Piedmont group and financial planning, you got to do a lot of book work and a lot of knowledge before
0: you have a conversation. Correct. There's a lot of preparation that yeah. goes into both. And, right. and I'm a strong believer that, it, you know, your success is based on the work that you put in, it, you know, it. Uh, I had a good conversation relating back to baseball with Tom Glavin. He actually worked out at the lifetime that I belong to in Alpharetta. And he, he said to me, and it resonated with me a lot, his father always used to tell him, you know, you know, there can be – I mean, people are always going to be more talented than you, but, you know, there's absolutely no excuse for someone to work harder than you yeah. in life. Well, Rich, so, I've, got that,
2: I've got that question about speed to market him uh what's your what's your pitching speed how many how many miles per hour when you're in your prime when i was, when I was healthy
0: i was uh i i'd range from 88 to 93. Wow. Um wow. nowadays as a right-handed pitcher that's that's very average it's the the new 90 is now 94. Well, yeah. you know it's still but,
2: control and i understand that these uh radar guns are getting faster
0: the pitch, you know, the guys are getting stronger, they're finding new ways to develop arms and yeah but but yeah. still,
1: don't kid your kid yourself at McKesson or at the Piedmont Group or any company you're affiliated with from moving forward. Uh, they're always going to want you on the team, on the uh, baseball team, for the yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? yeah, that's league on the, league, some, on the no, company maybe, league. Maybe see your softball yeah. later on. slow pitch softball. Yeah, I, I plan. Yeah, that's on where it, guys. it's headed. Very, yeah, very, very. So, soon. so rewind just for a second about sure. the Piedmont Group. So for folks that are not familiar with it, I know they're based. They're uh, based here in Atlanta, Sandy mm-hmm. Springs, um, mm-hmm. right? Um, right? Homegrown. I mean, tell us a
0: little bit about their backstory. So they've been uh, uh, they've been around for you know. 100 uh, since 1851 wow. 100 yeah I didn't Maybe realize that
2: 165 years yep
0: yep okay affi- 100,
1: 100 years longer than the BBA that's right
0: <laughs> that's right they're an affiliate of of Mass Mutual okay. um, Mass Mutual is a Fortune 72 company you know manages over 600 billion in assets wow and um yeah i mean i i'd figured you know there's a lot of Mass Mutual, their competition. You know, there's a whole lot of financial services. They're a mutual company. Um, there's a mutual company, and then there's a stock company. So, you, for the viewers, you might have seen commercials about Pacific Life, New York Life, Northwestern Mutual. Mass Mutual doesn't do a whole lot of, of commercials. They they use that money for other reasons. But that might be a reason that some people. Uh, no no big fish in your (laughs) commercials.
2: so in terms of your your day-to-day activities with the piedmont group you've started with them what year ago two years ago
0: six months ago actually yes sir yes sir you
2: are literally a newbie so i am new. those 34 folks you interviewed i believe you probably made a second call on right tell us a little bit about your day-to-day activities and your prospecting your relationship building the guy who found you at the gas station Tell exactly. us about those stories.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, go, going back to my story, I mean, I, you know, when I, when I got to the Piedmont Group, you know, we had training and stuff. We got to meet some of the advisors, 75 in-house. And, you know, to be honest, me, and me being a competitor, I start looking around the room, and I, I, I'm, I, I naturally start wondering, you know, how can I compete with these guys? Let, not really these guys, but but there's it's such a competitive industry. There's 10,000-plus advisors here in Atlanta, and me being a business student, how do I really differentiate myself? What separates me? I know right. it's I know it's the relationship part, but um but luckily, you know, I I have a I have a great mentor. I I, I saw my vision with this company um the first week working, you know, he walked in and he's like he, he says um guys, I I'm, I'm not like other advisors. I I don't want to do what they do. Right? When he said that, I I figured, you know, um let's hear what he has to say. And and his whole thing is is kind of based around um you know, it's, it's saving money, but it, but his whole thing is kind of based around retirement. And and the reason I I got interested in this business was kind of, it was for that reason. I I wanted to one day, not retirement's kind of a general word. I think most people, you know, they want to work, you know, as long as they can, but, um, I think it's more long-term planning, right? Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Long-term, long-term planning. Yeah, absolutely. So, Someday people are going to want to kind of go from what they have to do to kind of what they want to do, and right. I want to make certain that they uh, they are in, they're in a comfortable state financial state where, where they can go ahead and do that. Okay,
1: so um, so let folks know how would they reach yeah. out to you? What's a good point of contact
0: uh, to reach out to Eric? So my email is e nyquist at financialguide dot com. You can reach me over email. Or you can reach my cell phone. My cell phone number is six seven eight two three zero three four seven seven. I'd be happy to. Um, I'd be happy to schedule a meeting with you guys to tell you a little bit more about uh, what I'm doing. And then also, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, even Instagram. Yeah, LinkedIn. It's want. a Nike forty four. Huh? Oh yeah, that backslash. Yeah, that was uh, that, that, I, I created my link. I uh, created my LinkedIn when I was in uh, college, and that nice. was one of my college nicknames with my teammates. Nike. 44. He has Nike. Do no, about just this? Nike. <laughs> and then my for, um, forty-four is yeah. your, uh, your my jersey number.
1: You'll be easy to find. And you, yeah, and we'll have all that on the show notes as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, you've so, been
2: reaching out to folks for six months now. You're doing a great job, I'm sure. Your business model really. with a, with a group is that old. Uh, gives a lot of stability, and of course, you tell people out there in the marketplace you're young enough to deliver all those all those answers to people as they get older.
1: Yeah, and kind of follow along with them in their journey. But uh, so it will be interesting to fast forward to have Eric back in the show in the studio and, um, later down the road and see the progress, and uh, maybe have you host. We've been kicking around well, no pun intended, but been kicking, kicking around. around the idea of a pro business. sport. We've been sports. pitching the idea. No, <laughs> pitching. No, okay, but <laughs> we got two out of two for one up on there. Yeah, but we get, we've been talking about um, pro business sports as a uh as a show in the studio hmm. so not so much about the uh more the business of sports right and uh, right. we've had a lot of pro athletes in here yep. from uh the Falcons uh from the Hawks uh um. well,
2: sounds like he's got a friend he could have a show Mr. Glavin my to stop we, by. Yeah. Glavin
1: has been um at Joanne's one of our partnerships at the uh Simply Buckhead Simply the Buckhead, signature right. events we met Tom there
2: yeah. that'd be that will be great uh Okay, so we so can Eric, put that, we'll Yeah, that's your homework again. assignment, yeah. Put your anniversary right. out there. <laughs> well, Actually, know, we haven't
1: had any Braves in here yet, technically, in the studio, but we've had pretty much everybody else. So, so Eric, that's your assignment. We're going to uh, fast forward here and jump over and introduce our next guest here joining us in the studio. So, um, Robbie Mathis, uh, welcome to the Pro Business Channel uh, Studios.
3: Thank you. It's really good to be here.
1: Absolutely. So, um, so you're the partner leader, uh, taxation and accountant accountancy right yes i get the fun
3: (laughs) stuff you got that word pretty good
2: (laughs) you say that three times (laughs) (laughs) accountancy
1: is that with a capital c at the end yeah just (laughs) (laughs) right so uh so before we jump into um what you're doing on a day-to-day basis a little bit of your backstory um uh, originally from atlanta what have you done prior to founding the robbie group and getting into a finance and money and taxes
3: so that's the funny thing the last thing I ever thought I'd be was an accountant and I uh, before that I uh, I'm originally from the Atlanta area and okay. actually I uh, did my undergrad down in Macon and so I spent a lot of time down in Macon and originally um, when I started accounting I came back for uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers up here in Atlanta so that's where I've developed a lot of my practice and uh, taxation actually turned out to something I enjoyed. My family thought I was crazy for saying I wanted to do that. <laughs> Probably am. So
1: both are guests. A uh, guest from uh, Macon. Yeah, go uh, Bears, was, uh, Mercer. Mer- Mercer, Mercer. Yeah, Mercer bears. <laughs> we, got, we got the Mercer crowd trip. here. That's pretty legit. Um, okay, and then so uh, what were some earlier uh, occupations that kept you busy before you jumped into taxes? And-
3: so I actually started in management consulting. Strangely enough, my undergrad is in a bachelor of science in biology, and uh, then I have an arts in uh, Christianity. So the oh, last wow. thing I ever You're thought perfect. of being well, an like, be yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the funny thing in accounting is I often feel somewhere in the middle of a priest and doctor because people will bring out their taxes and tell you more than you ever wanted to know. That's, that's so, why so, we have client privilege. It becomes very life. valuable. <laughs> so The doctor and the so doctor
2: and lawyer, you don't want to
1: be sharing no, those stories. So if your client doesn't look... This L- like the outlo- uh, outlook of their taxes like let's just
3: hold hands and pray over this but uh, so I went from that into management consulting and uh, sometimes it finds its way to accounting and I found myself strangely really enjoyed it but the best part was the client the client part it's
1: So let me ask you a dumb question. What does an accountant really do? (laughs) That's a great (laughs) question. Maybe misnomers or whatever, right? Yeah.
3: You know, I think it's a good question because I've gotten that question so many times. Um, I actually saw a little joke in the paper one time about um, a son asked his father what the accountant really does. And uh, his dad said, well, son, I don't know. They charge you for a problem you didn't know you had. And uh, you (laughs) paid the bill. (laughs) So um, an accountant... A few other professions (laughs) come to mind with that, too. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. I... uh, An accountant, uh, it varies so widely. That's the incredible part about it. But what I do is honestly advise clients throughout the year. So the best part about it is if you're an individual or if you're a business, the the strength behind your having a client relationship with an accountant is that you kind of know where you're at long before you get there it's horrible. Once 1231 happens, your tax situation is your tax situation. And that's all there is to it. So the best idea is to have someone that you're actually connected with, you feel like you can pick up the phone and call that person. I think a lot of times people are afraid to do that. But so the accountant, we do what you kind of would expect review books. But when I started my career, I wrote far more than I ever saw numbers. I wrote hundreds and hundreds of pages of technical tax memorandums. Wow. So that was the last Why? thing you'd expect an accountant to do. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I was just teasing, that didn't but sound no, like any fun no, on the weekend at all. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But when you have a liberal arts major, you're like, well, I can do writing. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so you know your know,
2: portfolio, you became respected, and that's the process. And Tell yeah. us a little bit about what the structure of the Robbie Group.
3: Well, we wanted to approach it completely differently. For example, uh, we did not want to be your classic accounting firm where you just drop off a box of receipts and you mean a shoebox full of out. stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. got it, all right. I've seen the shoeboxes and thank God they have been <laughs> at scanners and now recognize things. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being the person typing all that in. But what we wanted to do differently with this group is. For one, we wanted that relationship, like I mentioned earlier, with the client. But we also wanted to empower the client. So say you're running your business from day to day. Right. The most important part is that you know where you really stand. And the best way to do that is to have at least some focus on your books throughout the year. So it's not just something that you're throwing in the back and you're forgetting about completely. The idea here is that you're actually involved and you're asking questions and the accountant's involved. And that's one of the things we wanted to do. Um, We have a trout in our logo, so we we probably don't even look like an accounting firm, really. But that was a reminder to me that leaving a firm that I really loved, PwC was actually a great culture. Uh, They talk about the big four accounting firms as being these sweatshops for accountants, and it was anything but. My life was good, but (laughs) I did this because I really wanted to work with Individuals, not so much corporations smaller, smaller
2: businesses that I, need to help
3: I love small businesses. I love individuals it's really different when you can actually see the change on their faces and it's incredible
2: mm-hmm. and the result of your uh, of your uh, activities and your expertise is very well appreciated
3: there where it sometimes gets lost in larger opportunities it really can um, it feels very different. you can feel lost in a spreadsheet in some of the larger <laughs> opportunities and you're like, oh yeah, there is a client at the end of this <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> And you're, you're right, the, the, the sweat mill of the
2: of the big four will tend to train people extremely well, but then yeah. they have they grow up looking for something different in life. Yeah. Personal relationships with your clients is the key. I've just got a friend who retired who has never worked in a large firm. He came right out of school and probably did what you did. He started writing and got, got into a smaller firm and was really mentored well and was able to do a number of things. Uh, so I
3: can see you're very valued in what you do for your clients currently. Well, it was exciting because I did get that big four training and – and it has value, but now I'm able to deliver it to clients where I wouldn't have had that experience. But yeah, you're exactly right. At some point you, or at least for me, I reached a place where I really wanted to, to engage with clients and well, the the times of changed, ratio. So, it used to
2: be the big eight. Now it's the big four. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whittled down, yeah. They just so absorb- your, your mission in life is to find new business owners, and how do people get in touch with you?
3: Uh, typically, we like to try to make ourselves real available in the community. We love nonprofits, so that's um, one area we lead. Is that by purpose people? or
2: by chance you like nonprofits?
3: <laughs> oh, I actually did my tax research in uh, the master's program in uh, nonprofit taxation, which is a real thing. You wouldn't believe oh, it. Oh, yeah, it. no, big time. Uh, okay. It's quite a return, so that's where that came from. And then uh, I just got involved with helping nonprofits. Some of it, as you'll know, is the, uh, it's kind of in the Mercer culture, is to be real involved in the community. Yep. So that's one way we meet them. Um, but we're definitely at events regularly. A great way to get in touch is reaching out directly to me or one of uh And your the phone associates. number is? My phone number is uh, 470-259-0375. Very good. And your website is? It's the Robbie Group, which is dot com. And lastly, your email address is? It's Robbie R-O-B-B-Y, at the Robbie Group.com. Cool. And so, now we,
2: we learned you learned a little bit about traffic in Midtown. Are you, will you come in so, from that direction <laughs> this morning? You know, the funniest
3: well, thing is I've run that exact six-mile stretch a lot faster than I drove it today. Right, so nice. <laughs> we
1: well, got about four or five minutes here remaining, so I want to delve into a couple other topics in terms of uh, taxing and accounting. But want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Buckhead Business Show, being brought to you in part by the Buckhead Business Association at BuckheadBusiness.org. So, um, so Robbie, talk to us about um, searching an accountant. For folks looking for an accountant, um, what are some things that they should look for? Where's a good fit with your firm? Or um, uh, what are some criteria that, uh, in some cases, they don't need an accountant based on the level of their business or some of their tools that they're using with QuickBooks? or I mean, where do you kind of come into play? Do you offer kind of a la carte? Or,
3: um, that was about a seven point question there.
2: And no one doesn't need an accountant. We yeah. know that.
3: Well, exa- I think it's, I think it's the best place to start is with an accountant, because if you're structuring a business and you're getting started, that initial consultation doesn't hurt. So you're at least going in the right direction. You know, you have peace of mind. If you're looking at formation, an accountant's a great person to talk to, whether you need an LLC or maybe you need a corporation, but Finding the right accountant really comes down to personality. It should be nothing to talk to an accountant and pick up the phone and just say, hey, I just want to come talk to you. There should never be a fee for that.
1: Yeah, we, we, we uh, met with an accountant and got charged a fee just to have a conversation. With are you him. serious? Yeah, I, was, I was as shocked as you were, yeah. Did, did you enjoy that conversation? <laughs> not, not once <laughs> to get I would the, have the watched, bill whatever, yeah. looked at my watch I, the entire time. Had I known, yeah. Um, so talk to us about um, what are some – Uh, do's and don'ts with businesses you see that um, pitfalls they fall into in managing their uh, accounting
3: I think one of the worst things and this is we adopted a platform called zero accounting uh, and we decided that as accountants we can't support every platform out there so we're not just gonna list a litany on our website what we're gonna do is only back this one piece of software but what's so nice about it is now that we're so mobile The software works on your cell phone, so you could be sitting at the tire shop and you can approve a few transactions. I've approved payroll that way. Um, That's pretty exciting. But the biggest pitfall and the reason I brought that up is because, you know, you go into business for a reason. Maybe it's because you always wanted a flower shop or you're passionate about dog walking or any other reason. You do that all day long. Someone has to do the books at the end of the day. <laughs> I know, yeah. Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. <laughs> who when, who <laughs> likes paperwork? I try to get rid of it. We stand it in. We're digital. We're all electronic. Um, so I think the biggest pitfall for most small business owners is they let it get so far behind yeah. that it just gets worse and worse. But it hangs over them the entire time. So they're constantly thinking, oh, my gosh, I know I need to do this. Wait, how much money do I really have? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I wrote a check last week. All those things, which sound very serious, happen every day. And so what we try to do is real-time accounting and and keep the advisor available for the clients so that it's not the, them just hoping and guessing Hope. for it. Hope is not an option when
2: you're running your business <laughs> and trying to not be plan, friendly I mean. with the IRS. Well, gosh, Rich, we've had <laughs> yeah, a phenomenal uh, right. financial show this morning. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you. I feel smar- Mercer, I'm
3: smarter Mercer just for, for listening, shows. yeah. Yeah, I'm loving the Mercer. And shout bars. out to Mercer, yeah. <laughs>
2: There we go. Uh, they do good education and provide good folks for the Atlanta marketplace. We're appreciative.
1: All right. Well, that concludes another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business
0: Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.